Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Label Law Talks. This week, The Label Law Talks with Ariana Davis, owner of Stripped Official and an attorney as well. She has a women's wear brand where she creates amazing bodysuits that accentuates the curve. Now, of course, the body doesn't come with the bodysuit, but let me tell you something, your body will look great in the bodysuit. This week, we discuss the whole entire creation process of Stripped, what it was like as a black woman within that field, and if there were any fashion law aspects that took place, especially considering that she is an attorney herself. Now, I don't want to go too deep into what we talked about, but what I will say is one quote that comes with your bodysuits that Ariana also has tatted on her as well. Good girls go to heaven and bad girls go everywhere. And if you know me, you know I've been everywhere, so <laughs> we'll just end it there. Now, this is The Label Law Talks with Ariana Davis. Hello, Ari. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So, do you want to start with a little intro on who you are and what you do? So, I'm Ari. I'm the owner of Stripped, which is a clothing brand. We so far specialize in body suits, high-quality body suits. I'm also an attorney. And um, I'm a recent Howard grad. I just graduated law school in May. I also went to Howard undergrad, which I graduated in 2017. So yeah, I just launched Strip like three weeks ago or four weeks maybe now. And um, yeah, that's me. So with Strip, the name is really like, I really love that name because I just love the way you spelled it specifically. That's really what I like about it. So what was like your inspiration behind like Stripped as a brand? The name, well, you don't have to give away all your secrets, of course, because yeah, no, but yeah. Yeah, no. Um, so we basically, it was like me and my friends. Um, actually, that's funny. I can look up. I can look up our note right now. Because basically what happened was we were like, we we're trying to come up with a name and we knew we wanted it to be like something simple and something relating to like body. So like what we would do is we would just like have like brainstorming session where we would just like throw out words. And so we like basically had got to strip. We got to like, I want to find it. We got to uh, like all types of things. And then Mercedes, who has a bodysuit named after her, she, um, she was like, oh stripped like and and we were like stripped and then we thought of then we looked at like the ways to spell it and we liked the way we liked the way stripped looked with a t and oh i'm actually looking at the note now so we had gone through like we would like think of ideas to like help our brains so we would be like we were like thinking words like nude and like body we really liked second skin that was one thing we liked but then we thought that sounded like a like a uh, like a skincare brand and we had and we were like and it was like all the other words oh somebody had one time at one point people liked the name peeled which is awful in retrospect but um we had body with an eye and strip was is the clear winner I'm really glad we went with that um and so yeah it was just like we just like brainstormed and we got to strip Mercedes specifically she had thought of it in like the past tense because I think we had got to strip and then we were like stripped. And then we just had, then you just had to double down because it was time to get into like, start time to like claim it and like work on getting Instagrams and getting stuff made. So then we just claimed it. So that was actually going to be my next question. With you being an attorney already, mm-hmm. 
was one of the first things you thought like I need to make sure that this isn't like something yeah. else and stuff like that yeah I think that I mean I definitely looked at it and I was like okay let me see like what who else is stripped out there there's like um there's like a salon or kind of like esthetician type of thing. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, uh, you know, trademarking and stuff like that is important, but I do think that people overemphasize the need for trademarks a lot. And they focus on that as like the, um, like the, like the gatekeeper, like, okay, I gotta get my trademark. And it's like, really, I'm not even focused on getting a trademark. That's like, really not a priority to me. The first thing people should really focus on is getting their LLC, like, which you can get with any name really. But yeah, so I had, I did look at the trademark and stuff. And at one point, my friend who's a trademark, like, that's her kind of her thing. She's like a trademark attorney, you would say. And she, um, she was like, yeah, you know, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get stripped through the trademark. There's another thing. Like, you should consider changing the name. And I was like, girl, I will go without a trademark before I change the name. Yeah. Because trademarks really aren't that important. But yeah, I mean, to a certain extent they are, but you can look up so many big brands that are not trademarked, so. Exactly. So yeah. that's another thing that like, I think within the fashion, like, within the fashion community in general, up and coming, designers just like you said it was gatekeeping i feel like they think i can't even start with right. the trademark and stuff like that and i think the difference between the name as opposed to like an item that you really just wanted to trademark because you know it's like right copy and stuff like that is different yeah so, i agree with your bodysuits that mm-hmm. you started out with so what made you target that i was on your live where you talked about it a little bit but i want you to go yeah. in depth here like what made you target that cut and everything about it yeah so i decided to do bodysuits because i like bodysuits and there are no good quality quality bodysuits on the market like and it's very rare to like have a situation where it's like no good quality something like i i like bodysuits and i like jeans and i like t-shirts right and um there's good quality jeans and good quality t-shirts on the market there really isn't bodysuits and so it was something that I just knew I wanted to do I do eventually want to expand to like basics on all levels but I knew that there was like a hole in the market there's a window of opportunity there and so um yeah that's why I went for it and like with the bad bodysuits yeah bodysuits like the only bodysuits that I really have are two and they're like really really high quality and yeah now a third one because i'm getting yours but (laughs) so when you go into that the ones that are on the market are usually from fashion nova right pretty little thing and it's like you can just even by looking at it you can already tell yeah for sure when you wash it it's 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 clipped so (laughs) with that being said it's not sustainable oh yeah definitely not yeah so in that sense for sure i mean from probably top to bottom like from all levels of production they're probably not sustainable but definitely if you can only wear something once that's definitely not sustainable um and so i mean also my focus wasn't sustainability um really like in this in like the like uh you know like that's a big thing right now and i do want to get to the point where i can like figure out how sustainable the brand is and things like that Mm -hmm. as far as like materials and stuff um recycled like poly mailers things like that but I think that my angle was more like, I want everyone to feel really good in it. And so when you want people to feel good in it, it requires higher quality fabric. And it also required, and just naturally, if it's higher quality, it'll be something people can wear. So it kind of worked out that way. 
people can wear multiple times. Um, so it just kind of worked out. But sustainability is like super important. I'm not a fast fashion brand, so like I don't have to worry about like that in the same way as like nobody should be like beating me up. But I do have that is something that I have to uh, look more into. But even with the quality of the suit, I think that's what makes it sustainable. And not even the sense of like, like long term of, oh, like, you know, did she put into the ecosystem and making sure I'm being more so sustainable on the like, I'll be able to keep this for a minute. Right, right. I'm not going to throw it away and it messes up in some landfill. Right, right. For sure. Yeah. You can keep it. You can resell it because it'll maintain. Someone could wear it after you. Like, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, it's not going to just be a one-time wear then thrown out like a lot of uh, like a lot of fast fashion. So did you, when you were looking for the material, you went out and sourced it yourself? Yeah, so that was like a whole process. So I'm from D.C. on the East Coast, and we're definitely not a hub in any sense for fashion anything, including, uh, including fabric. But we started at, I started at the one place that we have really in DC, which is actually in Rockville. It's called G Street Fabrics. So I started there and um, I actually technically started in New Jersey because I have a mentor kind of who helped me. And I started in New Jersey and I was like, uh, I wasn't pleased at all. I knew what I wanted was what I rep, what I was like modeling stripped after was Lululemon. That's my favorite athletic wear brand. So I was like, so what I did was I looked at their composition, which was 85 or 80, 85 nylon, 15% spandex or between that and 88 and 12. And so, and I took the Lululemon with me. And so when I went to New Jersey, it was kind of like, it was like, um, it was not like an organized situation. There's all different types of fabric manufacturers, which you learn in the business. So I was at a place that was not wholesaling. It was a place where they were buying and then they were like, you know, cutting up pieces. So they didn't have nothing labeled. So I just was like going based off of feel. And so I was like, cool. So when I would find something that I liked, I was like, cool. So I started making samples. And then I continued to find more and more fabric. I went to New York. I wasn't pleased there. Then I finally went to LA. And that's where I finally, I first found a, on, the, on the internet, I found a place. And I was like, cool. They sent me some samples. And I was like, I thought that was great. And then I ended up finding a better place. And so it was kind of just a process of like finding better and better. And then when I thought I found the most fat, most like perfect fabric, it ended up getting discontinued, but they replaced it with even better quality fabric. So I just ended up pretty much like getting better and better with each step and also getting to a better cost point too. Cause when you go in LA, you're gonna get the best prices as far as in the United States. But yeah, it was just like, I knew what composition I wanted. And then I learned about like weight of fabric, which is GSM, which also helps to determine how like heavy and like compressing something is. So I just like kind of learned on the way. But yeah, it was a process of like months. And really when you start a brand, you should, you should find the fabric first and then start creating the patterns. I didn't, I was like doing it all the same time, which actually, if you were you can learn from me. Don't do that because when you make patterns, if it's, if you change the fabric, it changes the fit. So like we had to keep making adjustments because, oh, this fabric was more compressing. This fabric was like that. But yeah, it was like, it was like probably like three, four months, maybe four or five months of finding the fabric. Yeah. Wow. I can, I really appreciate that actually hearing that you 
looked at the composition. Yeah. Like that's, I don't even think I've heard that. <laughs> like recently. Yeah. And now that I know so much, like if you go look at websites now, if you go shop now, you'll see like um, majority of the companies you're looking at for bodysuits are, it's going to be polyester yeah. and spandex. It's going to be 95.5 a lot of the times. And polyester is just not as good of quality fabric. It never will be as good as nylon. And so you can see now, now that I told you that, you can see like, and there'll be places with way more expensive than my bodysuits with way, way cr- like crappy uh, material. And I know what they're paying for those materials because I've seen them. So yeah, some of that is just really not worth the money. Yeah, and that's I really appreciate that though because I'm more on the thicker side. So mm-hmm. fabric is a big deal for me. Like, yeah. I look at the composition. Like literally mm-hmm. that made me like the first or second time I got on pretty little thing and just saw what mm-hmm. it was made for. I was like, Yeah, I might like I don't think this is gonna fit me the way I want it to. Right. And just like anything, like dimples, imperfections, cellulite, all that stuff, if you have bad quality you're going to, all that's going to show through. And it's like, everybody has that stuff. Like everybody has little imperfections. So it's like the fabric should flatter you really. Yeah. And as a, as, especially as black women, like we're just, right. like we're completely built differently than anybody really out there. Yeah. So with you being a black woman, like when you were sourcing mm-hmm. fabric in all these different places, did you ever feel like maybe not a setback because at the end of the day you came out with it, but did you ever feel like you were getting a different experience than anybody else? Um, you know, honestly, I didn't think, I didn't feel that way. I didn't really feel that way with my fabric. I don't really feel like, um, I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't know how they treat other people. I don't think that anything comes from the, I don't think I had any negative experiences dealing with manufacturers as a result of my race i do think that because i'm young and because at the beginning i was very green like i didn't know as much but i quickly like learned a lot um because i was just so uncomfortable with not knowing something so like i had one meeting where i didn't know what they were talking about and i went home and i learned everything so that i would never feel that again and i do think that with like my pattern maker for example i think he took advantage in certain ways like overcharging me for things but I don't know if it was the, I think it was mostly because I was young and because I'm not one to like go back and forth. So when people give me their price, I usually, I'm like, okay. So like, there's probably advantage to being a person who's more like, um, you know, like likes to barter and stuff like that. I don't like to do that um, or negotiate. I don't do that. So I think that I was probably, the only places I was probably impacted was because of my age and the fact that I was new to the industry, but not necessarily my race. I haven't felt any kind of, any type of things from any of my people and i work mostly with a latino manufacturer and my 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 there's no there's no wiggle room of like racism in the fabric because the fabric price is the fabric price right so the manufacturer i think he's super cool he's um i don't think he has any issues with me because of my race that's really good i, I really love to hear that and i also like that you didn't go to some what not even sweatshop but just some manufacturer that's just unfortunately white that would yeah. <laughs> more than likely upcharge you and things like that so right. with you being an attorney so were you balancing being an attorney like full-time at the same time as um like sourcing all of this so i got i got i had a pretty like i got in a lucky spot because um 
I took the bar early. I did this program where I took the bar early, my 3L year. So I took it in February, right before Corona took off. And then I, um, so my last semester of law school, I was supposed to be working in like this, um, like, like law students in court program. But March hit and Corona happened. So we were working from home, which really meant we really couldn't do anything because we could, the, cor- the course were all closed. So between like March and, you know, May, between March and now, I haven't been working. I don't, because of Corona. Oh, that's another thing. I was supposed to start working in October. And which was originally when I was supposed to actually September, sorry, September, which so I thought I was going to have to be juggling. But because of Corona, we got our start dates pushed back till January. So I've really been like really like divine timing because I was able to not have to work at the firm for what is that? Like eight months, six months, something crazy. Yeah, I got lucky. So yeah, doing this, though, did you ever see like your law degree, I guess, show up like anywhere that you needed it to? Yeah, I think that like, I mean, I think partially like, you know, like you have like maybe like a sense of confidence with your degree because like, you know, like I was able to do all that. I can pretty much do anything, I feel like. Um, also, like I was, I was, I worked for big law. So like that in a more like tangible sense, like helped me be able to afford things. Um and then, like, you know, like, I think with law school, it's, like, a lot of it is attention to detail and, like, making you making you that kind of person that, you know, like, looks at, the, looks at little things. So that's something that's always going to matter in business. And I think that's definitely helped me. And just, like, I would say just, like, comfortability with, like, being able to go in these places by myself and, like, figure stuff out by myself definitely helps with confidence coming out of both – Howard undergrad and Howard Law, I would say. Yeah. Well, while you were at Howard Law, did you take um well of course you had to take like intellectual property law classes and stuff like that. Was there any ever a time that you saw fashion law while you were in on law school? You know, I never did. Because I don't really uh I don't really want to be on the law side of fashion. I just wanna be on the fashion side of fashion. Like I wanna own the business. I think that um yeah, so I don't know. I don't know much about fashion law other than like, and it's business, so it's business law, really, right? So I know that type of stuff to an extent. But like, it is helpful when you have that's another thing law school helped me with actually like setting up your LLC, like, understand. I took tax courses, right? Everyone doesn't take tax courses in law school. That's more beneficial to business than ever taking a fashion law course or any of that because like you can understand the tax systems and the tax code. And that's the type of stuff you need to understand when you're setting up your business. So that was most helpful, really, probably. Oh, so you did, like, uh, business corporate law? Yeah, I did business law. I did corporate law. I did federal income tax. I did corporate tax, all that stuff. That's, yeah, that's really good because, you know, mostly because fashion law, just like you said, is not really, like, a thing at the current moment. It's yeah. Like, you have international international business law or business corporate law, so stuff like that. So I really like to hear from that. So. It's been really good talking to you. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you two last questions, though. Yeah. Who is your favorite designer and why? Yeah. So my favorite designer, as far as, like, um, not, like, who I like to wear, but, like, the designer I look up to, definitely Ralph Lauren. The cool thing about Ralph Lauren, like, in my journey to doing all of this, I, um, 
I basically like flew to LA like twice or three times a month, like every month, right? And so I would fly on Delta and I watched the Ralph Lauren documentary. And the cool thing about Ralph Lauren is he is totally self-taught and he's also like, was just like a fashionable guy. And the way he got on was like, he didn't, he was super fashionable. Everybody knew him in New York is fashionable. And then like, he was not like rich or nothing, anything like that. But he decided like, you know, it was stuff that he liked to wear that wasn't on the market. So he went to like a teller and he, um, he got like stuff custom made and he was very much so like, just like super fly. Right. And, and so like, that's cool because similarly, you know, I'm not self, I'm self-taught and I'm, um, yeah, like I did, I see, I saw a hole in the market and I wanted to fill it. And then like, what's also really cool about Ralph Lauren is like, he always says he's like anti-fashion. He's not trying to reinvent the wheel. He's like classic. And like, that's something that is really like about my model too. Like, I'm never going to probably ever release like something you've never seen before. Right. Like you've seen as far as visibly. Right. So like, I don't think we've seen the quality of my bodysuits, but you've seen a black bodysuit, right. You've seen a, you've seen a zip of bodysuits. You've seen, I'm not going to be the girl that's like dropping like rainbow print bodysuits. It'll never be that. It'll always be simple. And so that's kind of like Ralph Lauren too. He's not reinventing the fashion wheel, but, and so that's like my model as well. And also like, he really reinvent his like business acumen is what really like separated him. He really reinvented fashion in the sense that like before Ralph Lauren stores were uh, brands didn't have their own stores, right? Brands were in retail stores like Bloomingdale's, whatever. And he's like the first to have like said, like, I want to have my own store because what he wants to do was like control his image and his brand in a way that the, the retailers couldn't like, they wanted him to just put his shirt up in an ugly like display. Right. And so like with my brand to me, it's like with any brand, it's like, yeah, you're selling a product, but similar to Ralph Lauren is like, you're selling a lifestyle and you're selling like a real, like a brand. Right. And so if you walk into any Ralph Lauren store, you're going to feel like you're in a Ralph Lauren ad. You're going to feel like you're in a Ralph Lauren commercial. You're going to feel like you're in like the Swiss Alps. And that's all intentional because he has really created a brand and a lifestyle that is consistent. And so to, that's like everything I want to be. So that's who I would say is my favorite designer as far as like who I look up to. I, I really like that actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when people think Ralph Lauren, they don't think designer, they think polo. Right. So yeah, I really, you know, I was about to cuss, but I really messed with that because <laughs> I, I love Ralph Lauren as well. Not yeah. Just- in that sense, I respect him a lot. Um, so where do you see yourself and strict within the next I I put I said five years, but honestly, I want to hear five and twenty. I don't even want to do it. Yeah. So in five years, I wanna be um I'd like to be like in retailers. That's like a given. It will definitely be in big stores in five years. Um much sooner than that, hopefully. I would like to have my own probably flagship stores. And I would like to be on the level of business where I have like a real big team, like anybody that, like anybody who has like helped me or invested in my, into Stripped with time, whatever, can work at, we will be able to pay them. They can work for us. Like I envision like a, like a Stripped hub where it's like, pink everything we can all wear bodysuits to work just like really creating the lifestyle for us and and also 
I don't just want my friends to come work with me, but like all of the strengths that my friends have, I want Strip to be a platform for them to go off and do their strengths. So like I have friends who like, maybe they want to be, for example, let's say you want to be like an events person or like an interior decorator. And it's like, we have it set up. So like you contract with Strip and like you build with Strip until you have legitimized as your own. So you can go on and have your thing. So I want to be a place because I see like that Strip is really doing so well and our trajectory is so great that I think that we can really be a business to catapult all the people around me to their whatever they want to be too right that's like really to me would be like the larger goal for five years like everybody in a position where they're winning like doing what they like to do and then in 20 years man I would really we look at our we talk a lot about like um Spanx as like a great example of like how huge Spanx is like it's a household name like you know like you can go get Spanx anywhere like so it's like to that level of like um saturation of the market I would like like you know to the point where it's like I don't a lot of people like selling out and being like like the hype around selling out that type of stuff is very cool but it's also very cool if someone could like go get a good comfy like bodysuit or basics and I and like you know like at any time like that's really the model I want to be and then yeah I want to expand to more than bodysuits I want to do basics I want to do jeans because I'm into jeans and I there's like such a hole in the market for girls like that like the type of jeans I like there's really only like one pair of 501s that have like one percent stretch that really do it and so I want to do jeans stuff like that but yeah in 20 years I'll be in 20 years I'll have been on to like four new projects by then but strip will definitely be the thing that gives me the resources to do whatever I do next I yeah, I really can't wait to see where it goes because I already I can't wait for my bodysuit to come. So I can't wait. For yeah, me. I can't wait for you to get it. Yeah, because this I really wanted the Sammy, the the Sadies, the one the V neck zip up. Mm-hmm. The zip up. That's really what I wanted, but it sold out. I was like, I know we we're doing a restock. Yeah, yeah. When I restock, I'm getting it. But <laughs> yeah, I really wanted that. Yeah. So I'm really I can't wait. But I'm really excited. nice talking to you. Um, sure. Hope you had a fun time. I had a really yeah, good time. thanks. And um, well, this is the end of our interview. Thanks, Grace.